What's going on, Diabetes Online community? It's your boy, Rob Howe, back with more episodes. Uh, we're back in the Founders series. Today, my very special guest is Chris Polhemus, and he is the founder of the Type U Diabetic Diabetic Self Journal. And that's actually on Kickstarter right now, and I've included a link in the show notes for you guys to check that out. I'll also put a swipe up link in the promos for this episode that on Instagram. Those will be both on my personal account and as well as on Diabetics Doing Things. It's Monday afternoon. I am ragingly hungry. I've got to knock out a bunch of more reads, but I did want to tell you a little bit of a cool story about how I got to know Chris or how I came about meeting him, rather. Uh, some of my friends from Wolico, who I've done a lot of work with on Instagram in the past, and they make these awesome uh, compression gear, workout tights, running tights that have pockets in them, and they actually fit insulin pumps with tubes perfectly. You can even fit a PDM in the cell phone pocket, so if you're wearing an Omnipod, that's available for you. But Nick, one of the co-founders, uh, is friends with Chris, and they've known each other for a long time, and he connected us, and uh, that was how this connection took place. So you never know. You know, tertiary connections, everybody knows someone with diabetes, and often those people are doing amazing things. So I'm really excited for this episode. Hope you enjoy a great conversation with Chris Paulemus. But again, I'm really hungry, so I'm like, I know a real good foods ad is about to come after this. So I need to go get me some food now. Enjoy. Thank you for continuing to listen to Diabetics Doing Things. We've been doing this for four years now, thanks to listeners like you and the support of amazing sponsors like Real Good Foods. If you're involved in the diabetes online community, then you have for sure heard of Real Good Foods and their low-carb pizza and enchiladas, which are delicious. But they've really outdone themselves this time with their new breakfast sandwiches. It's just like your typical breakfast sandwich, sausage, egg, and cheese, or bacon, egg, and cheese, except the biscuit is made out of cauliflower and the whole sandwich has only two net carbs. That's two net carbs. And if you pop it in the microwave, it's ready in seconds. I'm not a big breakfast guy because I don't like having to deal with big blood sugar spikes for a high carb breakfast. But when I'm really craving a breakfast sandwich, I grab a real good food sandwich out of the freezer and hit the road without having to worry about a big spike in my blood sugar. Check out realgoodfoods.com to find them in the store near you or use code Rob Howe, that's me, to get a discount when you order the sandwiches online. I'm a big fan of brands who continue to support creators with diabetes, and there has been no bigger supporter of me and my friends in the diabetes community than Real Good Foods. If you haven't checked them out yet, give them a shot and let me know what you think. And now let's get back to the episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. We're telling the amazing stories of people with diabetes from all across the world. And my very special guest today is another founder, Chris Polhemus, calling from New Jersey. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. Uh, super excited to dig into this. I guess uh, let's talk a little bit about how we know each other and how we got introduced. Nick Diodato from uh, from Wolico, uh, who I worked with, and you guys have seen me post about it, about wearing my insulin pump in my workout compression tights. Game changer for me. Uh, so we, you, we are mutual friends with Nick, uh, and he was able to make the introduction to us via email. So uh, just further example of this being the world being smaller than you think. So uh, I'm just glad we were able to make this happen. Definitely. And I'm happy to have uh, found you too. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, your diagnosis story. How did you come to join the type one diabetes family? Yeah. So uh, back in, uh, I guess around my eighth birthday, actually, I, uh, you know, wasn't feeling well, was, you know, was sick. I lost a lot of weight, um, kind of going through, you know, 
a lot of a lot of the things, a lot of the symptoms that diabetics go through, and then you know after a couple of weeks of just not feeling better, you know finally went to the doctor and I actually uh, had a blood sugar of fourteen hundred, um, which is you know pretty off the charts. Um, was in and out of a coma for about three days in ICU, and then you know come to learn of it, you know diagnosed with type one, you know at that such young age, you know it's kind of hard to you know, digest it and understand that it's going to be a lifelong sentence. But, you know, at the same time, that doesn't mean that you don't have control of your life and, you know, you can't do everything you still want to do at that age, though. Yeah, always a challenge, right? Um, As you were growing up, did you, you know, being an active kid, like uh, anything stand out to you about, you know, your life with diabetes that made, you know, kind of formed uh, who you are today? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, growing up, I was always, uh, I grew up in a football family. I played, you know, uh, football from eight, probably eight, nine years old, right when I was diagnosed to right through college. Um, so that was always a struggle. Um, and honestly, you know, uh, you know, living with diabetes, you know, I think everyone, whether it's your teacher, your coach, you know, uh, I think in the back of their mind, they always, you know, not that they doubt you, but they definitely, you know, I think they hold you to a different standard, whether that's, you know, lower or higher. But, you know, uh, I think there's always that subconscious, uh, you know, that that elephant in the room. But, you know, I just I always use that just to make me work harder uh, at life, whatever it was. It was sports. It was it was work without whatever it was in life. uh, I always just use, you know, type one as just a motivator. You know, uh, no matter what it is in life, you know, there's always someone that has a worse situation or, you know, a a worse upbringing and, you know, and type one just, you know, something that you just have to, you know, learn how to control and manage, but, you know, you shouldn't let, you know, stop your life or really stop you from doing what you want to do. I love that. Yeah. And hundred percent aligned on that. Do you, looking back at your life with diabetes sort of before you, before college, like, you know, going through middle school, high school, who do you would you attribute like in your life with diabetes like that mindset like where did that mindset come from uh for you that you were you were going to live your life um you know above and beyond your diabetes and really not let it hold you back yeah i mean um i think a lot of it honestly was just uh you know i i had joined i had joined a group um you know in my hometown and you know uh, you know diabetics but there were some type 1 diabetics there and just getting to talk to people more and, you know, learning just about the education, obviously, you know, we, we kind of grew up, we're similar in age, and uh, I think you were diagnosed around 16, but still, I mean, we grew up, you know, before all these fancy, uh, you know, uh, electronics and all these things, so we kind of grew up on uh, a lot, you know, I grew up on injections, and there wasn't the technology they have today, um, so, you know, just talking to people, um, like I said, I was part of a private diabetic group in my hometown, and, you know, um, and the longer you live with it, the more you, uh, I think you definitely become, you know, become more comfortable with it. You learn how to manage it better. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still, you know, you still have your obstacles. You still have your, uh, your victories and you still have your wins day to day, but it's definitely, you know, something that you just have to, uh, you know, it's like a, it's like a full-time job. I tell people, you know, there's, there's always something, you know, that you're expected, unexpected, you know, no matter really what it is, um, with type one. 
Yeah, it's always so interesting to me, like seeing and meeting people of all ages who are like doing these complex calculations, like on the fly. You know, there's like you're in the drive through <laughs> yeah. at a restaurant. You're like, OK, what's my blood sugar? Like, what am I going to eat? Like, how much cars do I need? Like, do I need to wait till I get home or whatever the case? Like, uh, you know, even down to like five year old kids, they're just like these little data scientists making really big decisions like all day long. And it's really it's really inspiring to me. And I think like. I, for a long time, took that for granted that there are people, you know, as a type 1 diabetic or even just a person with diabetes, like you're responsible for so much more knowledge and decision making than most people without a chronic illness. And, you know, we just kind of take that for granted sometimes. It's really uh, just making it through a day is a superhuman achievement. Yeah, definitely. And that's, and that's you know, sometimes, you know, uh, you know, you're starting your day, you can start your hot, you start your, your day, whether your blood sugar is high or low. And, you know, whether you're changing your pump or you're doing injections and, you know, before the average person's out of bed, you've already done, like you said, calculations and you've done X, Y, and Z just, just, you know, just to start your day, you know, before you even do anything. So let's talk a little bit about that because you are, uh, this is the Founders Series. Your company is Type U Diabetic. Talk a little bit about where that name comes from. I think it really stood out to me as it's one, very unique and, a, and, I, and I'd love to hear a little bit of the story behind it. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, just I wanted I wanted a name that didn't sound like it was really stigmatizing, um, but really just gave ownership. Everyone's different. Um, you know, diabetics aside, everyone, you know, is unique and different in their own way. Um, and type U was kind of like, all right, it's not type 1, it's not type 2, it's not gestational, it's not pre-diabetics. It's type U. Everyone is different and unique, and everyone has their own story, and everyone has their own background, and everyone, you know, has their their passion and their journey to really do what they want to do. Um, so that's really where the name came up. Uh, I was thinking of a name that was, you know, that really gave it uh, meaning and gave it, you know, substance and wasn't just, uh, you know, like the traditional type one, type, you know, type two. Um, so that's really where it came from. I love it. And, you know, I think there's a lot of you know, like you said, stigma around diabetes. And I think by kind of being in the middle and leaving it open, it's not just for type ones, not just for type twos, it's for everybody with diabetes. Exactly. And that was, that was more, uh, that was more of the mindset, um, you know, and, you know, the basis of my, you know, right now of my, my company, which I'm launching, you know, um, obviously my first product is a, is a self journal, but um, it's going to be for just, you know, self care products for diabetes in general is to help them live, um, you know, a better quality of life and, you know, help them manage their blood sugars and, um, you know, anything out there that can be uh, of an of a asset to um, the diabetic community and diabetic family, you know, uh, not only, you know, um, can it change their life, but, you know, hearing stories uh, can change my life too. Yeah, I think that was interesting, a big learning for me. Uh, when I started this podcast was my goal was to help one person. Uh, I was going to do 10 episodes. And if one person reached out, uh, I would keep doing it, consider it a, a success. And I often talk to people about changing their metrics to, especially when they get started, um, to make sure that they're, you know, measuring the right things and having the right impact. And uh, one thing I've learned along the way over the last like four years is sometimes that person is me. Uh, and you know, I benefit a lot from talking to other people with diabetes or being involved in the community. It's just been such a, uh, an undercover benefit of being involved that I, that I couldn't have known when I started. Definitely. And that's, and that's like, the, you know, that's the cool part. And, you know, uh, you know, you'll see someone at the gym, uh, or you'll see someone at the store with a, you know, with a, 
blood sugar or insulin pump and you have you kind of have that immediate you know uh connection because you know even if you you know you go to the doctors or the nurses until you live with it it's kind of hard to explain yeah people understand it yeah your mom or dad might understand it but until you live with it every day uh it's just kind of hard to you know really make that connection definitely so your first product for uh, type U diabetic, as I dropped my phone on the floor, um, is the Diabetic Self Journal. Uh, Correct. So talk a little bit about that. I know you got a Kickstarter launching very soon, uh, and we're going to obviously link to that in the show notes. Um, talk a little bit about you know where the idea came from, and how did you you know from day one of this idea, you know how did you get to where you are today, finally releasing it to the public and uh, and making it happen. Yeah, so I mean, this idea um, honestly has been years in the making. Uh, I, you know, always writing things down, uh, logging things, uh, whether it's insulin, you know, carb ratios, basal rates, um, exercise, you know, I'm big when it comes to exercise and gym, and then, uh, you know, just kind of everything. And it, I, I came to the point where I was like, you know, there's really a need for in society, especially the diabetic community, to have a one one place that everyone can kind of not only record things, but also, you know, have a platform that can actually help you build habits, install routines, and actually help you uh, meet your goals. You know, it's so easy to do something for a week or for a day or for a month, but to do something for a lifetime for many of us, um, especially type ones, you know, type two is reversible in some cases, but many for type ones, this is a lifetime. And it's not easy to do this for a lifetime. It's easy to do something for a day. Um, so that's really where the idea came from. I was tired of writing things down and having five, seven different notepads and, you know, everything kind of, you know, scattered around the house or scattered at school uh, or in college. And it just uh, kind of struck me that, uh, you know, to come up with a platform um, that can really just be a one-stop shop for us to, um, you know, not only write everything down, but also to help us, you know, keep us on track. Um, especially, you know, to reach those HAUNC goals. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, I often talk about uh, when people ask me, like, what's the best way to do X with diabetes? My best, my best advice is to journal or to take notes and, and uh, gather data and be able to make decisions based on that. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, with, uh, and that was a large component of it too. Um, I've gotten a lot of emails, um, you know, when you come out with an app and, Honestly, I haven't even thought that far because, you know, my my main idea um, for this was just the whole idea of writing things down. You know, we live in a society now that we're always on our phone, we're always going, we're always doing things, but we stop to really, you know, ever write things down and actually self-reflect. And that's a big aspect of this journal. I have a, um, self, a weekly self-reflection that's obviously optional for the end of each week, but I also have a daily quick self-evaluation. Because um, we, we know we in this today's society, very rarely do we write things down. Do we take time to think about, you know, you know, what am I doing today? What am I eating? What am I, am I bolting out, you know, before I eat or after I eat? And am I, you know, paying attention to the little things? And I think in today's society, um, you know, with technology, it's good and bad, obviously. But um, I really wanted, you know, a platform um, that can really. Um, you know, that really had a place that for people to write things down and to actually self-reflect. And talk a little bit about that self-reflection, because I'm a big believer in, you know, you got to find what works for you, whether it's meditation, whether that's like the five minute journal, whether that's, you know, weekly goals or, you know, before you go to sleep, looking at the next day and, you know, trying to plan it out. Um, how do you find, you know, what's, what's your sort of routine where it comes to journaling? 
Yeah, so, um, you know, Colin, my slogan is remind, record, recognize, reflect, the big, the big four R's, I call it. And, uh, you know, um, you know, remind process comes to just every day, you know, reminding yourself, you know, like I said, to give insulin before this, to take our medication, to check the carbohydrates, double check things, uh, you know, record, writing everything down, you know, recognizing, recognizing patterns. Diabetes is big when you, you know, with patterns and, you know, over long periods of time. Um, I have a built-in um, blood sugar log in this in the journal that also um, kind of self-graphs itself, so you can see patterns over time. You know, if you're going high or low at certain times of the day, and then that last R reflection. Uh, you know, reflecting back on those things. Um, you know, with diabetes, I think one thing that goes big. Everyone, you know, I think obviously there's many more people in the world with type two, but people think diabetes you eat too much sugar or you're overweight, right? Like that's like the everyday, you know, stigma we get, I think to some point, like you have diabetes, you're skinny, you know, or you're fit or X, Y, and Z. Um, but people don't see the mental and the emotional part that diabetes has. Um, you know, we're, we're anywhere from one to four times as likely to suffer from anxiety and depression. Um, and a lot of that has to do with blood sugar swings and other um, chemical imbalances that, you know, diabetes brings us. But um, the, this, this journal, I think, does a, a very good job at that. I built in... Um, you know, there's many self-reflections that evaluate our mindset or how we feel physically, um, you know, how our energy levels are. Uh, there's a new daily quote, a motivational inspired quote on every page um, of the daily journey. Um, and then, like I said, there's 13 week re weekly self-reflections. Each journal is for 90 days, which is based around your A1C visits. Um, most people should be going to the doctors four times a year for their A1C. Um, and you know, every, every, uh, those 13 weekly self-reflections, um, it's more in detail, but, um, yeah, I think this journal just does a good job of, like I said, not only the physical, um, you know, stress on their body, but also the mental and emotional, which I think goes, goes wildly unnoticed. I know personally, you know, I suffered with anxiety and a lot of different emotional things. And, you know, I think people, you know, when they see someone, a uh, college fit guy plays football, they don't think of someone that, you know, goes through those, you know, I had a lot of emotional problems and anxiety problems, you know, growing up. And that's part of the reason also why I wanted to uh, make that important aspect of the journal as well. Talk about that a little bit, because I think that's a, a really good place for us to kind of dig in a little bit is the anxiety mental health aspect of diabetes. I saw somebody the other day. Um, who I think she's like a YouTuber or she's some sort of internet celebrity. Uh, she's not really involved in the diabetes community yet because she's been recently diagnosed. And she tweeted, she has like a couple hundred thousand followers and was tweeting is like, I thought I was handling my anxiety and depression. Uh, and then I got diagnosed with diabetes and now I'm having way worse anxiety and depression as before. And she was just sort of sharing this with her, with her followers. And, um, it was important for me, like uh, my fiance sent it to me and I went in there and I responded. And I was like, hey, you know, it's important for you to know that uh, this is normal for people with diabetes. Uh, like you said, there, you know, I think the, some research says three times as likely, anywhere between one and four times as likely is what I believe what you said, to suffer from anxiety and depression. And it's important to say that because we got to normalize that conversation. And so if you're already suffering from it and then diabetes gets thrown into the mix, um, you know, I think it's really important to soften the way that we look at that um, as people. Otherwise, you know, we can be really hard on ourselves. Um, and like you said, as a, as a guy, as a dude with diabetes, as a football player, like a, you know, whatever, red-blooded male, like a, a guy who's out there, you know, really trying to make stuff, make stuff happen, um, 
you know, it can be really difficult to be vulnerable. I mean, that's that's my place in the diabetes community is like, hey, I'm a guy with diabetes and not that many guys talk about it. So how how have you used, you know, your journaling and your practice and, you know, even some of the diabetic self-journal aspects to open yourself up to that conversation and to, you know, address the mental and uh, mental strain of diabetes? Yeah, so I think that goes, and I think, you know, you kind of hit it the ball in the head, I mean, in today's society, too, I think just in general, the, the culture that we live in and just having to be, you know, we're held to such a high standard, whether it's at job and, you know, at work and we take things home with us and there's there's already that heightened anxiety or that heightened stress and then you add any kind of, you know, chronic disease like diabetes to it and I think sometimes we feel like, you know, we have to, you know, hold ourselves to a certain standard uh, and I found that, honestly, you know, almost letting the disease come to you in a way, you know, when you take a step back and you look at it, um, stop trying to micromanage everything um, to a certain extent and really just looking back at your place in society and just, you know, um, as long, you know, and just realizing that, you know, take each day at a time and that, uh, you know, with, um, you know, with control and really be on top of things, you could, you can definitely, uh, you know, do what you want to do. And, you know, I've, uh, you know, over the years, I've developed, uh, you know, self-meditation, mindfulness. Um, the gym has always been a huge outlet for stress for me. I know some people, you know, whether they're walking or some people read, some people eat when they're stressed. My big thing is I've always worked out. Um, you know, I've done half marathons on the insulin pump. Um, I've been, you know, I want, I'm, tra- I'm training to do a, a full marathon this year in uh, West Palm Beach this summer. Um, so I think, uh, you know, the mental and emotional aspect definitely – um, you know, I wouldn't say it's one recipe, you know, fits all, but definitely, um, you know, self-reflection, mindfulness, um, exercise, you know, exercise is definitely proven. You, you release adrenaline and endorphins that definitely combat stress. Um, and I think all those things, um, you know, really do make a big difference. And I tell people all the time, like, look, you know, you really don't think of, I, when I tell people, you know, don't look at diabetes differently. And that's one thing I have in here. I had the seven principles of A1C success. And a lot of them are things that everybody should be doing, right? Sleep hygiene, doctor's visits, stress management, low alcohol intake. And I dove into the research and I came up with these seven principles and I go to them in detail and break them down. But when you step back in society and look, you know, really all these people should be doing these things because diabetes is kind of a result of our health and what we do to our body, right? It's much more manageable and easier to regulate our sugar so we don't have you know, highs and lows and roller coasters. If you eat healthy, you work out, you have good sleep hygiene, you do things to reduce your stress. If you do all these things, um, you know, even if you're not a diabetic, if you do these things, you should be more successful in life or at least, you know, you increase your odds definitely. And, you know, I've kind of incorporated those things into my life and that's why I talk about them too in the journal um, before I even go into um, the daily, you know, the daily habits and stuff. Um, All that stuff is in the beginning of the journal because, you know, that's what I've done and that's, um, you know, what's, what's helped me. You know, I had, I wasn't perfect. I had A1Cs that were in 11 when I was younger. Um, now I'm below, I think my last one was 5.2. Um, so, you know, every, everyone starts somewhere and, um, you know, uh, just one day at a time. It's interesting, you know, some of the, the hearing you go through those principles, something that I talk a lot about with, uh, other people with diabetes and social media is, the idea that there really is no one silver bullet, right? There's no quick fix solution to this, right? It's a, 
incremental progress, like continuing to do the right things, continuing to make good choices and like building good habits. How much of these principles are, you know, just good principles in general for life and, and, you know, and living a happy, balanced, successful life and just good results with diabetes are just a byproduct of that. Yeah. I mean, some of it definitely comes down to, uh, you know, a lot of the principles are things that I tell people all the time. They're, it's, you know, they're called, they're cost efficient. They're not things that we really have to spend money on, you know, sleep hygiene. People don't realize, you know, people, you know, as simple as sleep, a lot of important, you know, studies that show about sleep is what you do in preparation, right? Uh, you know, don't, don't be on your phone or watch TV an hour. If you are, wear blue glasses, you know, maybe have tea before you go to bed, no caffeine after 2 PM. Um, you know, having a, having a bedtime, you know, built in, uh, you know, regimen and routine is big. Um, you know, doctor's visits, you know, this gets a little more, you know, depending on your insurance and, you know, um, things like that, but everyone should be going to doctors, you know, to their endocrinologist, um, or their specified, uh, doctor you know, for their diabetes, everyone should be getting, should be doing that alcohol intake. You really shouldn't be having more than, you know, one to three drinks, you know, a week, not a night or, you know, or a weekend, you know? Um, and these are all things that, um, you know, I think people can do, but again, it's easy to do that for a day. It's easy to do that for a week, but these are things we have to do over the course of a lifetime. And I think that's the biggest challenge. Um, but you know, developing habits and routines, you know, those take months to do. Um, so you can't expect change overnight. Like you said, uh, there's not one fit all, but I think over time, um, you know, you build memory, you, your body builds habits and you get into this, you know, you get into this, um, culture almost, and it just becomes part of your life, you know, right. uh, you know, lower alcohol intake becomes part of your life. You don't drink a lot going to the gym five days a week. That becomes part of your life. And all these things kind of come together and kind of, you know, shape you into your, you know, um, and who you are. And I think your diabetes is kind of a result of that. Um, and is a huge reflection of you know, your blood sugars. But like I said, a lot of these principles are things that are really are cost efficient. They don't cost anything. They cost us time. That's what they cost us. They cost us time and routine. And if we're willing to invest in ourselves and invest in our body, I, they're, they're easily achievable um, you know, by us. I love what you said about like the <laughs> – you know, not expecting, you know, instant gratification, this sort of lifelong journey with diabetes. Because I think that's one of the things going back to what we were talking about earlier with mental health that can be so kind of overwhelming at times about diabetes is that it doesn't go away. Um, and just when you think you have it figured out, sometimes it throws you a curveball, right? Um, or you experience something that you haven't experienced before. You feel like you're doing the right things and your pump site kinks or your insulin in your pen goes bad or something like that. Um, it's just full of surprises. Um, how do you, how do you balance like, you know, having diabetes for most of your life? Uh, you know, how do you balance like burnout or, uh, you know, feeling overwhelmed, uh, and those types of, uh, sort of mental and physical, you know, toll on your body? Yeah. So I think, you know, like anything in life, I think it's really balanced. Um, you know, that goes back to not expecting too much out of yourself, but, you know, always, you know, holding yourself responsible. Uh, you know, it's easy with diabetes when you, you know, the cheat if you're, if you're real low, it's easy to be starving and overcompensate and eat everything in your closet. Right. Um, but it's really that self-discipline, I think. And that's, I think that's really, you know, the heart of it is just being self-disciplined and it's, that's not easy, especially, uh, you know, like I said, when you're super stressed out, um, you know, we go through the same thing that everyone else goes through in the world, but then you throw, um, you know, blood sugars and you, you throw, um, you know, syringes and insulin pump changes and, 
you know, Dexacoms and, you know, all these devices and, you know, uh, things that, you know, uh, for us to live really every day. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it just really makes your life, you know, difficult. But when you, like I said, when you step back and think about, you know, where you are and your purpose, um, you know, I think it just makes, makes more sense when you can just kind of step back and, uh, you know, look at the big picture. Definitely. And when you look at the big picture for you and, you you know, your new company and, uh, you know, kind of being an entrepreneur and hustling this, uh, to, to existence, what's that, what's that big picture look like for you? What do you, what do you, uh, you know, dream, dreamscaping a little bit and like, if you were you know to say, Hey, this is what I want this to be. And this is the impact that I want it to have. What does that look like? Yeah. So, uh, to be honest with you, Rob, I probably would have done this. I, this has kind of been a, a dream of mine. I've always... I've always wanted to do something, you know, um, probably since high school in the diabetic field. Um, but, you know, growing up in a, you know, college first family, I went to college and did, uh, you know, had my years in education. Um, but now I, you know, as I, I'm older and I, you know, really, really I think came into my own in the last, you know, five years and finding my purpose. And really I, my purpose is just to not only improve the lives of, you know, diabetics but also to educate um there's so much education that you know not only diabetics but non-diabetics um you know to educate them and to spread awareness and um obviously type 2 diabetic co um my focus is going to be on self-care products and those products are going to not always only focus on um improving people's physical life but their mental and their emotional lives as well and um i definitely plan to roll out um, you know, perhaps some kind of podcast in the future and definitely, um, other products, you know, out there that are going to be, you know, relatively cost effective. And I think they'll really have a big improvement, um, on their life. And eventually I'd like to roll out, um, you know, a coaching aspect too, um, later, later on. So I, you know, I, I, this will probably be a couple, definitely a couple, um, parts to this, but right now focusing on the journal and, uh, really just spreading awareness and helping people. Um, and just, you know, giving them positive, positive messages that, you know, whether I've met so many amazing people already on my journey, um, just through social media and stuff. I mean, we have, I think we have close to about 3,500 people signed up for the drill already. Um, and, uh, just really excited. That's super cool. And, you know, I think, you know, the, the impact that you, that you, you know, setting yourself up to have and like, you know, pouring back into the community, I really hope that comes back on you, uh, as well, both, you know, I wish you all the success there, uh, for people who are interested in type U diabetic and also like looking for your Kickstarter, you know, where are some points, uh, places that we can point them? Yeah. So the nice thing about the, uh, type U diabetic, we have a private group on Facebook, um, you know, you really, the only requirement is you need to be a diabetic. And recently, um, we've gotten such great feedback that we've actually allowed parents in of diabetics. So, uh, I, you know, growing as one thing you kind of forget growing up, you know, our parents or your mom, whoever you're raised by, you know, that they kind of take some of the disease too, because when you're at a young age, you know, they're kind of responsible for, uh, you know, overlooking things. So we recently opened up the group to, uh, parents. Um, and any diabetic. So um, you can just, you know, search on Facebook groups. You can just go type you diabetic. Uh, you'll see our icon, the yellow U. Um, you know, all you have to do is, is to join. Um, and that's a great group for information. We'll have all updates in that group as well. Um, and there's all kinds of things in there from 
um, case studies to um, daily posts to um, books, all kinds of things that I post in there daily. Um, and then also just uh, www.typeudiabetic.com. And that's just the letter U. Um, and there you'll find uh, everything about Kickstarter, my journey, my story, complete product info. And then um, you can sign up, join the VIP list, and um, we'll send you updates too when we launch, which is February, February 11th, um, which is a Tuesday at 11 a.m. And that campaign will run through uh, March 15th, a Sunday. Um, and you can back the project and get your um, get your journal. The nice thing about this project, we also have a leather case that goes with it. And then we also have a blood glucose um, dry erasable wall calendar too, um, which, will, which will be a cool feature I think people will really like. Definitely. Um, and I'm going to include links uh, to the Kickstarter in the show notes of this episode, and we're going to release it after your Kickstarter goes live so people will have a chance to uh, to get in there and uh, and support the goal and, and obviously, you know, get uh, get their hands on the Diabetic Self Journal. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's great. And I think, you know, this project, like I said, not only helps diabetics, but it also helps spread awareness. You know, anyone can back the project. You don't have to be a diabetic. If you, you know, have a loved one or a nephew or son or, you know, a parent um, that's a diabetic or if you just want to donate, you know, every little bit helps, uh, you know, reach our goal so we can make this journal possible and, you know, have an impact on the uh, diabetic global community, definitely for the better. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, we're definitely going to continue to watch and wish you the best of luck. Uh, and glad that, uh, you know, I'm really glad we were able to get connected. Uh, obviously, uh, anytime I meet another guy in the community who's, uh, you know, doing the right things and trying to help people with diabetes, that's, uh, it's always a great introduction on, uh, from my view. So I'm glad we were uh, able to make this happen. Definitely. And uh, def- de- thanks for uh, having me. I appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. Please follow us on Instagram. Check out our sponsor, Real Good Foods. Uh, We're diabetics doing things on all the major platforms, and we also are available on Spotify. So if you prefer Spotify or you're a subscriber, uh, check it out. I definitely have listened to more on Spotify in the recent years. They've got a lot of great podcasts, and it's just super easy to uh, shuffle from music to podcasts and back and forth. Leave us a review if you have a chance and tell a friend with diabetes about this podcast. That's the best endorsement and the best support that you can provide. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time.